How often do you find yourself scrolling endlessly on social media, comparing yourself or your life to others? I'll be honest, I find myself scrolling in the middle of the night, fueling my insecurities. Social media offers a lot of benefits from connection to brand building. However, without intentional use, social media may have some negative impacts on our mental health. Welcome. To normalize the conversation, I'm your host, Francesca Reigeter, and today I'm joined by actress and host of Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl, Marley Frygang. Through her podcast, Marley helps you filter out the BS we see in the world, both online and offline, so that you can clear your mentality and become your own It Girl. Join us as Marley dives deep into the importance of being mindful and intentional with your social media usage. Marley, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for our conversation, but before we begin, I just want to check in. How are you really? Oh, no. I, like, knew this question was coming. I mean, to be honest, I have been in a very, um, I don't know how to explain it, like, high-going energy, like, if you will. It's been one thing after the next, after the next, um, and yesterday I was actually very, very stressed while trying to take some self-care time at a spa and that it was like it's a Korean spa and I was still very stressed and my mind's going I've got a million things to do I find myself calling that like the head spin like I'm oh I'm in my head spin space it's a type of anxiety like I definitely experience but it's not like oh like I'm riddled with anxiety and I have a pit in my stomach it's more like oh I gotta do this I gotta do that I gotta do this um I can get really like in that place and it's been honestly a while since I've had kind of like an episode of that so I'm going through that but you know I got out of something for tomorrow which has freed up more time which took everything from being probably actually impossible to accomplish to now it's just impossible but it at least we took out the actually impossible so We'll see. I actually do believe I will get it done, but that's how I am doing. How are you doing? (laughs) First of all, I believe in you. You're totally going to get it done. And I love the way you (laughs) describe the head spin. Mm. That is my constant issue. And it's like that 3 or 4 a.m. time Mm -hmm. I get that major episode and I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. But I want to do this. And I'm writing a to-do list and trying to break it up into like, what can I actually accomplish? And what do I need to accomplish? And what do I want to do? And I've never like had a way to describe it other than like it's a 3 a.m. like attack. But I love the head spin. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, it's um, I get really sick on rides that that spin continuously and I'm not talking about extreme rides I'm talking like a merry-go-round and a ferris wheel can make me sick um but I equate that feeling to you know those little like clams that used to like get in at the fair and they spin around while spinning in a circle that's how that's the head spin (laughs) yes oh I love that and for me, I'm doing I'm doing good today. I got a good amount of stuff on my to-do list ton, which is always the best. I have my I so I live with my grandmother and then her best friend lives across from us and they constantly have something going on. So the other night I had one of them, it was my grandmother with blood dripping down her leg, and then my um grandmother's best friend Corinne, I call her my bonus grandma. 
she her toe was all infected and I'm like trying to clean both of their legs and toes and it was it's been a lot I'm running my own little nursing home right now apparently mm-hmm. but I'm feeling good because I got all of their to-do lists done first thing this morning so now it's all about my schoolwork and work today which is always fun when I can like focus in and not stress as much but I'm doing okay Good. I love that. I love how you have like it categorized too. You're like, I'll get through all of this and then I'll be really present with the thing I need to do for myself, which is a very healthy habit. It is. And it took me forever to figure out because, and this is what we're going to talk about today, social media, but I would scroll on social media and everyone seems to have their lives together and like their to-do list. I mean, on TikTok, first of all, the people, the accounts that have like the most organized to-do list and study notes and like work schedules. I was like I, trying to do it all and I'm comparing myself to videos and it became so difficult. And I just had to find something that worked for me and stop comparing myself and trying to fit in with what other people were doing. And once I learned that, everything started to change for me. Yeah, the that girl syndrome that blew up about like a year ago, I have found that's not exactly where my like journey with comparing, I call it compare and despair on social media um, or compare and despair online. Like, you know, you scroll and you compare and then you despair and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think that girl syndrome really started, I guess we could say like a year, year and a half ago. And it was, it's this like idea that, you know, it's so put together. It's so organized. You have all this time, uh, you have no sleep. Like they, they do not talk about the sleep at all. And, you know, it's all gorgeous and aesthetic and, and stunning. And you imagine you're able to get everything done and you look beautiful while doing it. And, um, it's a really hard thing to see online and be like, wait, I'm not, I don't, that's not what my life looks like um and then even if you try to make your life look like that sure maybe you might get a little boost of like oh I had an influencer day um but inevitably then you can start to slip back into when oh when the day doesn't go very influencer like uh start to compare that again yes exactly and it's just this constant cycle right because then I find a different account that's doing something Mm -hmm. a little different I'm like oh I want to do that now I want to organize my notes this way and I want to organize my fridge this way and I want to fold my towels this way it's like all these small extra tasks that I'm trying to add to my plate that like the way I fold my towels organize my fridge is not going to impact my life right now like it's not going to make a major difference. It might for some people when they have the time and space to do it. Mm-hmm. For me, the only thing it's going to do is take away from the actual work I need to get done and cause like a breakdown later. Yeah, that's so funny you bring up the fridge because that's one that's actually been bugging me too is I'm like, I want to have a really organized fridge. And it's like, I do not have time for that. I barely have time to put it. Li- the laundry has been sitting and at least the laundry's done, but it's in the dryer. It's just like, that is the holding container right now for yeah. the laundry. It's, it's in the dryer, but yeah, it, this, um, idea that, you know, everything you, is going to be really pretty. Um, you have to remember that that takes time to get things to look like that to begin with. So it's like, if you're already scrambling 
for the time, that's not going to be something you can really accomplish. Like in the moment is to make your life that way. Sure. Can we do small little things to improve our quality of life? Maybe let's not, my desk is a horrible example right now, but like, maybe like if you clear your desk once a week, maybe that will help you to stay more focused. You know, I think we can look at these things that we see online that are so appealing and take a good lesson out of it, which might be, I need to clean my desk more often or just like, oh, maybe I should drink water more often. Maybe if I got a silly drinking glass, I would drink water more often, whatever. You can take the small good out of it. But the really, really, I don't want to say bad, but the expectation is is like that it's suddenly all going to look like this. That stuff is expensive. This stuff is takes time to curate and then you have to maintain it, which, you know, a lot of people who work nine to fives or, you know, have, are caring for family members or whatnot, you just are not going to have that same kind of time. And you have to remember too that, and I interview a lot of influencers on my podcast because, you know, this all started for me, my podcast started because I was very insecure about what I saw, how people looked like online. I was very focused on they are this beautiful. And I feel like I, I don't look like that. I don't have 10 K blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I really wanted to start looking at influencers and like ask them, what is their life really like? And, you know, for a lot of them, even, you know, 10 K they're making income off of this. So you have to see that kind of content, like that is their job. Like their job is to make this aesthetically pleasing video. This job is to organize. I mean, there's a girl I follow. She has like 3 million followers on TikTok. And all this girl does is organize. You know, she's making money from her Amazon storefront and whatnot. And like her life looks gorgeous, but that's it. That is her job. Like this is her income. This is her livelihood to make things look good. Sure, is she talented to maybe be thinking of these things or see the aesthetics or understand the color pattern or natural flow? Sure, totally. Not taking that away from her. But this is her job. And so it's unrealistic to compare myself to somebody who is doing this and making a very profitable living. I mean, 3 million followers, you are for sure at a very, very comfortable income for that. Um, So yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point when it's a big difference when it's someone's job and it's their full-time focus than someone who's doing 10 million other things, trying to make a living in a different way, and then expecting to be able to suddenly afford all these products and have all this extra time to go in and reorganize everything. And then, like you said, maintaining it because it's not about just doing it once. You have to work to continuously maintain it it's a lot and it doesn't happen all at once, but it's that expectation that other people have it. They must've done it so quickly. I need to do it too. And overwhelming us. And then it takes such a toll on our mental health. Mm -hmm. The expectation is like, it's not just like, this is, this is how you should live if you're successful, or this is how you should live. If you want to be deemed in this category of, you know, together girl or whatnot, or, you know, successful girl. And it's so interesting. I had this woman on my podcast. Um, her name is Laura from the Brave Girls Project. And it it's, I've never forgotten this, what she said. She talked about how just because something is beautiful, it doesn't really tell us anything about what's going on on the inside. It doesn't actually tell us 
about success. It doesn't actually tell us about income. It doesn't talk about our relationships. We just see something beautiful and instantly project, oh, they have it all together. Or that's what it means to look successful. But what, what told us that at all? You know, I kind of think of like, you know, a beautiful, like, lion and you know it looks stunning and regal and royal and whatnot but like inside could just be like a person in a costume absolutely you know on the brink of mental breakdown you know you have no idea but we put so much weight into just because something looks nice oh it must it must be together the messaging that we perceive based on the outside is so powerful and it's something like no one told us we've just as a society somehow decided, oh, if something looks beautiful from the outside, it's perfect. That's what we want to be. And then we kind of dehumanize people and expect them to be a certain way. Don't give them the space to be vulnerable and go through their own stuff. So not only is it us internalizing it and messing with our own mental health, but it's also affecting other people's mental health by the way we are responding on a screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing, you know, watching people and you're just sitting on your phone and you're looking at their life and you have to realize that like they're showing even I know we are having such a push for authentic, I put it in air quotes, but authentic content on Instagram and TikTok. At the end of the day, though, this is still a produced thing. Someone took the time to film this. Someone took the time to edit this. You still put on clothes to be there. It is still on some level, even if it's considered authentic content, a curated version of your daily life, your life. And that's the part that it's like, no matter what, it is still a media platform. There is no just like, it is not actually making you a true fly on the wall. It is literally still very produced and very curated. And like, you know, we see that or we understand that a lot more with television and film and movies now because it's been around longer. We understand like, oh, that's Hollywood magic. That's not real or whatnot. And like, you know, sometimes we do let that, you know, go into our brains a little bit, maybe more than we should let us affect us. But Instagram, like it in TikTok, it is still, it's still in that category. It was still made. It wasn't like, you know, you were a ghost and you stormed into someone's house and you saw their day-to-day life. You know, you're still seeing what they have selected or their team has selected to show as them and their brand. And like, that's why it's impossible to, you know, compare every aspect of your life to what you see online, because you are seeing this much of their life when I'm pinching my fingers together because you guys can't see that. You know, you see this much of their life when, you know, there's 80% else outgoing on the pie. I remember I I interviewed this influencer. Her name is Rachel or just because it's pretty. She She's lovely. She's gorgeous. She's very girly. She's very influency. You know, she all she does is really show outfits and shops. And, you know, she's a great person. She's lovely. You know, but that is what she was showing. And I asked her, you know, like, would you people assume this is just like all you do and this is your life? And she's like, actually, it was really weird. I was actually horribly sick last week. So I was posting content that was like old and people, you know, didn't know that. And then, you know, I lo- I ran out of content. So for like two days, I didn't post, you know, and it's like, 
people had no idea she was like laying in bed sick sick as a dog and she also does work a full job as well you know working from her laptop and posting content like you didn't see that she was sick all you saw was that she's still posting her normal content and then she ran out and you're like wait what like it's so yeah it's so interesting (laughs) and that too you know so many influencers and like creative types are batching content now it's like it's so so delayed is and like you said it's it's the brand that people have created for themselves that it's what they want you to see and when you begin to identify someone that way it's hard for them to switch and show complete authenticity because you're still looking for something if i'm following an influencer who does makeup i'm looking for makeup from them i'm not looking for them to be vulnerable or to show me what it's like just on a day they're not wearing makeup. I'm literally only looking for their makeup tutorials. So when we've pigeonholed people into the brand that they've created, we've also put up that expectation. So not only are we looking at them from one point of view, we are now kind of expecting that from them and not giving them space to grow or to change and then we're getting frustrated that they're not showing us complete authenticity so it's impacting us in so many different ways it's like that jealousy of why can't I do my makeup like that then it's this kind of I don't want to say obsession but like there are certain people whose notifications I do have on I don't have my own notifications on but I like need to see as soon as they post so I can learn from them and imitate or just it'll inspire me or make my day. So my whole day is focused on when I'm going to get that notification to look at it. And then if they do anything differently, I'm like, annoying. But like, it's it's not people should be able to do whatever they want and be whatever they want. But it's impacting me that I feel frustrated by someone else living their own lives, because I've now created this expectation. Yeah, it's so interesting, because we kind of put content creators influencers you know in this one trick pony space like you do that one thing and it's like makeup like we were saying and then you know if we they do something else sometimes if it's vulnerable I've seen it perform like really well and other times you know people kind of be like shut up and go back to doing makeup you know we really pigeonhole them and you know I think that says a lot about us you know it can say what we think of them you know we only want them to do this because you know Maybe it's saying we're insecure and like, that's the only thing they should do, you know, at the same time, maybe this influencer is trying to grow and share. And, you know, it's so interesting, like stay in the niche, don't stay in the niche. You know, I'm not really like a content creator influencer. So like, I can't speak too much like on that, but you know, you definitely know what performs well with your audience, not to even get into the fact that I think, I mean, I don't even think, I think it's like very obvious and confirmed on some level that you know, content that is very polarizing also does really well. So then you have people creating drama and whatnot just for like the likes and views. And, you know, then they end up or can end up with, you know, millions of followers. And you're looking at them and you can be like, wow, they seem like such, they were such a normal person and they can blow up. Why can't I blow up? You know, why can't I be this massive influencer, you know, making Uh, thousands and thousands for a post you know and then you start to feel like well like is there something wrong with me that that I can't can't be that person you know it's yeah it's tough yes internalizing it 
I was having this conversation with one of my dear friends at breakfast yesterday actually because she's been posting on TikTok every day one thing blew up got three million views I was like how do you do that why can't I do that and I was internalizing I'm like we have so many things in our lives that are similar very similar personalities and yet like you were able to do it and I'm not I don't know how to do it and it's just like kind of becoming jealous of someone that I'm proud of. And like, I had to be so mindful of the thoughts coming into my head and the way I was responding for a second to be like, no, I'm proud of my friend. I want her to succeed and grow and have everything she wants. But for a split second, it was like more than a split second, but it was like that immediate envy and jealousy. How can they do it? Why can't I? And internalizing it as something's wrong with me instead of just being like, good for you. That's incredible. Oh, there, there, I want to say so many different things about that. You know, first off, you know, it's amazing. Your friend blew up. It's really great. And there's a moment it might happen to you or it might happen to someone else, you know, and there's this amazing, I actually did see it on TikTok too. Quote from another podcast where the guy, what the guy talked about, he said, you know, when somebody, and this is so, I live and die by this, like on some level, because I'm a podcaster and I'm an actor and like, those are my people and like you know people blow up I live in Los Angeles all the time and you have to remember when somebody does something like that you have to be like you know it, it doesn't have to be religious but he says you know God's in the neighborhood like God's nearby you're putting yourself near the people that are gonna succeed those things and you will too you know I always talk about you're the sum of the five people you're closest to you know that affects how you talk to yourself, how you talk to others, because you can't not take a little bit of the people you're always around. So if good things are happening to them, they will happen to you too. And then I think this very weird thing about social media, this is like slightly an undeveloped idea, but I do deeply obsess with social media, which has sent me through my own mental health balance for sure. But I also think that sometimes TikTok's algorithm is set up that someone random, someone, you know, maybe who isn't consistent with content, maybe isn't consistently making good content, whatever, will blow up because now that person is also addicted to the idea of, well, it might happen again. And now also the people around them see that and they they become addicted to, well, it happened to so-and-so, it's going to happen to me. So now you've got people spending more and more time on the app, just trying to chase that, you know, dog too. Um, I think it's just yet another way it can keep us so addictive, let alone the scroll keeps us very addictive. (laughs) Exactly. And at the end of the day, these social media sites are all businesses that are trying to retain its user base. So its algorithm is going to support getting more users and getting repetitive users, continuing Mm -hmm. how much we're on it. Because when we see someone blow up or we see ourselves blow up or do well, we do, like you said, become addicted to the idea that it could happen again. And now you want it to happen again. So you're going to put in more effort to be on the app, constantly scrolling, watching other people's, looking at what hashtags people are using, what trends are going viral. Even just spending time making content for yourself mm -hmm. on the fact you're still on the app if you're making, well, I know there's editing and blah, blah, blah things, but like you're still making something, you're back on it. Yes. 
Exactly. And we don't always keep that in mind. So I love that you brought that up because it is a cycle that's, I don't want to be like it's messing with our brains, but it is impacting, influencing our brains and the way we're thinking and that thus the way we're behaving. So keeping in mind, being intentional and mindful with what's happening, how much you're consuming, how you're consuming it, how it's impacting the way you're thinking, because what you're thinking is going to influence how you behave and it's going to continue the cycle. Oh, yes. And like that is where kind of my ever-changing, ever maybe like improving system of how to stop like the compare and despair scroll kind of comes into play for me. So a little backstory is around my senior year of college post when I graduated, I was, I really, really struggled with seeing people online, people so successful post-grad, you know, we can get into the psychology of why I think that's happening. I think it's the first time you're not in school. You're not getting grades, you know, marker of success isn't so clear anymore. You're really on your own for your first time. But yeah, I would just spend so many hours tearing myself apart internally. I didn't even need to vocalize it just scrolling, looking at how many other people had followers and were getting X amount of lives and, you know, could just make everything aesthetically pleasing. And I felt, you know, like I'm, I'm not that sparkly. I, I'm not that cool. Like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, if, at least if I had this, I would get that. And if at least I had that, then I would get this. And like, those things are like not as connected. And luckily I really don't think quite that way anymore, but it cause a lot of stress and anxiety. So, you know, I had to learn the first thing to do is when looking at that content is like, is this triggering me? Like, first off, like pay attention. Is it triggering you? And then second of all, notice why it's triggering you. Like for me, it was like, I'm insecure. Maybe that I don't feel successful or I don't feel as pretty as these people. Third, think about what you would have to maybe give up to get that thing. You could be giving up rest. You could be giving up free time, you could be giving up mental health, you could be giving up focus in your own career, you know, family time, you what are you going to lose if you try to go after that thing money, you know, if you're, you know, altering your looks, because you saw blah, 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 look like that, you know, what are you going to have to lose to get it? And then just really zooming back and being like, are all these things worth it? And like, there's instances where it's not a foolproof system at all. I've totally done that and been like no I act that's something I actually really want and I'm actually just really insecure that this person has it you know um so it's not like a foolproof thing but just like pulling that identification of what it is you know I have my notifications off um I think that's you know insanely insanely helpful um I mean I did not know about this until like a week ago which is or two weeks ago you know the uh, iPhones now come with like, you can set a timer for how long yeah. and it will send you a notification. Huge. But however, some people it's become part of the scroll. They'll instantly just like mute it. And they'll be like, Oh, ignore for the day. So it's like, there are little things you can, you can do to like, try to stop your just like prolonged amount of screen time. I now sleep with my phone in the bathroom which I think is huge because now I just like even have to get up to get it. Or, you know, when I put it down for the night, it's down. It's not close to me. Um, yeah. Just checking in really. I think the first thing is like, why is this setting something off in your brain? What, what are you seeing online that 
set something off for you and taking the time to identify it. I absolutely love that. And first I want to say about like putting the phone aside or setting the the timer notifications. So important for me as well. I've turned my phone on do not disturb now from 10 p.m. to 9 a.m. So if you call or text me during then, I'm most likely not going to see it unless I'm genuinely awake and on my phone emailing or something. I still probably won't see it because the notification is not going to come onto my screen. I'd have to actively open my text message app or look and see if someone's calling me. And a week ago, my best friend was calling me at like 8.45 and I saw that she was calling me and I sent her a text and said, my phone's on do not disturb till nine. So I'll call you then. And she was like, that's so annoying, but okay. And I was like, yeah, no, that's definitely annoying to you because you want to talk to me right now. And I recognize that. I was like, and I'm totally here going to call you at nine o'clock. And at nine o'clock when my phone um, came off the do not disturb, she called me at nine and was like, hey, what's up? She was like, that's so weird that you do that. But I kind of like it and love that you actually like listen to it because it's so hard for her to create that boundary and actually enforce it for herself. But it's been so valuable to me to not be focused on my phone when I first get up. I'm focused on getting that cup of coffee in me so I can be a little bit more functional and then trying to get stuff done, get my grandma up and get her breakfast made, walk my dog, figure out what I want to do for the day without all these extra people telling me things I need to do or seeing a million emails of all these things I missed and just overwhelming my brain giving my brain a chance to actually wake up. I was never doing that drove me crazy that I could never wake up. I would open my eyes and just be straight into my eyes are burning and I'm trying to figure out everyone else's to-do list for the day and what I need to do for everyone else and just never giving myself time to be me. And that was so difficult and learning to create boundaries for myself, figure out different ways that worked for me, fail many times in enforcing them and learning how to enforce them better, how to tell other people Like, look, I'm not going to be on my phone from 10 to 9. And now people know if they text me after 10, I usually see another text in the morning. When I look at it, they're like, oh, it's after 10. You're not going to answer me. And I'm like, I love that you know that now. I'm so impressed that you have those those boundaries. Those are literally beautiful. I'm so glad that people know them. They respect them, speak on them. That is wonderful. Like, I'm actually shocked by that because I've never been able to stick to something like that concrete um you know I have to say like I wake up and I go right into the bathroom and I grab my phone because I think the light helps me wake up and my boyfriend likes to light down personal problems um and I need light to like wake up but you know it is so important to have like what is phone time and what is not phone time and you know one of the things that's also really helped me is like when I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and I, I can't get off I'm like wait what am I not doing that's for me right now like you know, something someone else said to me once that I've never forgotten is that you're either a content creator or you're a content consumer. You really can't be both at one time. And it's a really interesting thing. And it's like, okay, am I just consuming, making other people money, seeing other people things, getting addicted to other people and whatnot, or am I going to go be focused on me? And that's what I kind of remind myself when I like, push myself to put my phone down to get back to my other work because I'm so bad I will need a mind break and I start scrolling and then I get sucked into it but the boundaries with the phone thing is so important you know it's so interesting because 
like when my parents were growing up, you know, they obviously didn't have cell phones. We've become so um, addicted to the idea that you have to respond. You have to instantly respond. You're instantly available for that talk, that quick question, that text message, you know, and on top of it, then I think the receiver can also feel a lot of anxiety to respond. That's something I really have struggled with. I mean, I have a generalized anxiety disorder, but I have always been someone like, oh, fuck, like, da da da, has, is responding to me. I need to text them back. I don't want them to be mad at me. I, you know, have my people pleasing tendencies can really come out in text messages. And the thing you have to realize is text messages are going to become the new email on some level. Like, you can respond when you have the time, space, energy, mentally, physically, emotionally, can respond well. Um, you know, my text messages on an average day will pile up to a hundred and I just let them sit there until I have time to kind of batch reply to them, just like I would handle emails. And, you know, flip side is sometimes I will text something to somebody, maybe it's vulnerable. Maybe I'm asking them to hang out and then I'm like, Oh my God, why didn't they respond to me? Why didn't they respond to me? They hate me, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, they're doing the same thing. They are very busy with their own life. Um, so like the instant communication, we also just have to remember like people's cycles are going on their own without them and they'll get to me when they get them. It has nothing to do with me, has nothing to do how I feel with them. We will get to them. Yes. Such a valid point this morning. I actually created a group chat with all of my like aunts, uncles, cousins to organize my mom's birthday. And I'm very well aware that it's working hours when I sent the text. It's after 9 a.m. It's working hours. The chances that they actually saw the text, read it, and had time to respond is very, very slim. So well aware. However, when no one responded right away, I started internalizing. I was like, oh my goodness, no one's going to come because I'm the one organizing it. Someone else should have organized it. It's my fault. Like, no one likes me. And like... That's so not true. I'm with everybody all the time. Everyone like is nothing to do with me. They are genuinely at work. They are not on their phones and that's okay. But I went straight to internalizing it and how to catch myself in that and be like, no, it's, it's not me. It's people have lives. They can't always respond right, right away. And that's okay. And same for me. I don't have to respond all the time. I had this major issue for a while where if someone emailed me at 1 a.m., I'd answer. If someone texted, emailed, called, anything, I had to answer right away. I would have under a minute response times. Like I brought my computer with me everywhere in the middle of a grocery store. I would sit my little butt on the floor God, and answer so an email, pull out my computer and answer an email. I was so worried about not responding in time and giving myself all this extra anxiety. I also have generalized anxiety disorder. And I was like perpetuating and fueling it and causing these attacks, these anxiety attacks for something that I created in my head. I created in my head that I need to respond right away or I'm going to lose a business opportunity or I'm not going to be taken seriously or this or that. I created all these narratives in my head, internalized it, created all this extra anxiety for myself and could not even enjoy going to the grocery store. I love grocery shopping. It's so fun. And yet I ruined the experience of buying my favorite oat milk because I needed to answer an email right away that was not even that important to begin with. Yeah, that instant thing is so interesting. I don't know like why we do it. I would do a very similar thing and just feel like I have to 
constantly, you know, be, be responsive, be on top of it, be, be that productive and whatnot. And, you know, it's a very interesting thing. I've heard people talk about this in regards to like energy, you know, when you see someone, I'm ironically talking about myself, maybe, and this is like talking very fast, being very scattered, doing things quick, you know, in the act of doing, not really doing anything, just in the act of doing, We might not actually perceive them as someone who's really powerful, but when you find someone who is like, no, I'm going to, you know, do this when I'm present, when I'm in line, when I have the time to have the best response, that calmer energy can create more of a powerful trust and like understanding, you know, you are less likely to really trust the frantic person at the end of the day, which is why like in, yes, you need to be communicative. I would not say wait two weeks to respond to an important email. That is not what I'm saying at all. Like, you know, as young professionals, you should be responsive as any professional, but like until something is done well, you know, you don't have to respond. And, you know, that's a big reason why I don't open messages for texts on my phone till the end of the day, because I'll look at them, I'll forget about them, or I'll respond really quickly and I won't retain the information. So, you know, just let things pile up till you have the time to to deal with them. And like, that's the same of like letting your energy not get drained in the scroll. It's like, save that energy for when like, oh, my day's done or, you know, I mean, I don't highly recommend scrolling on lunch uh, on lunch break, but you know, if you you need a mental break, you know, save your energy for it because something about consuming content one of my acting teachers talks about this seeing produced content because I believe that social media is still even in authentic forms produced content which by the way I'm not adding this at all like I believe in produced content I'm an actor I love produced content I make TikToks for my podcast and I love it you love it and you hate it you know you live with it you can't live without it but like that time can sometimes like deplete your creativity. It can can deplete your workflow. It also maybe can show you a new skill. It can change your mindset. You can see something about horoscopes and be like, oh, I'm going to be lucky this month because this random girl read my horoscope. Media can affect change in so many different ways, but you have to make sure you're in the right space to receive up, down, left, right. (laughs) Yes, 100%. It's being mindful with the way you're consuming content is so important. For me, I'll give another example. I struggled with um, anorexia for years on and off, starting at the age of nine. Like it was really, really difficult for me to get to a place where I loved my body. And that was solely because I was a competitive cheerleader and someone made a comment that I looked fat in my uniform when I was five and I internalized as a cheerleader can't be fat and like this whole big thing about body image and learning to love myself included loving how I looked no matter if I was thinner or bigger thicker if I was growing muscle losing muscle like no matter what my body looked like learning to just love and appreciate and accept all that it did and that's something I'm still learning and working on because I was taught at a very young age not to essentially so when I'm scrolling on social media and I'm following a lot of people who are the Victoria's Secret model bodies Mm -hmm. if I'm not being mindful I will spiral I will notice myself skipping a meal 
or like eating very little and cutting my eggs in half I order two eggs cut it in half like I can only eat half of this and then cutting it really small so I pretend like I'm eating more and just doing all these behaviors because of something I saw and I wasn't being mindful and intentional in the moment of consuming so if I'm mindlessly scrolling I am subconsciously taking in these old ideas that I had in my head, all these old narratives are coming back to the surface. And I'm not trying to, I'm not realizing, I'm not paying attention to it. It's just happening. So for me, I have to be so mindful and intentional with what I'm looking for on social media. If I am scrolling to waste time, paying attention to that and how much time I'm wasting and what content's coming up. If I'm going to check and see if my friends posted, going to that follow feed where you can actually see who you starred and paying attention to that or looking at like my friends with me on close friends. What am I looking for when I open the app? And then how is it impacting me and paying attention? Because it's so easy to sit there and mindlessly scroll, but it's affecting my subconscious. And Maybe that's not the same for everyone. I can't say how it impacts everyone, but that is the biggest thing I realized that took me so long to realize until one of my friends was like, dude, why are you cutting your eggs in half? Like you can eat two eggs, like you're fine. And they're like, you're losing weight. You don't look as healthy as you did. What's going on? Let's talk about it. But if they didn't call me out on it, it would have just been this unintentional behaviors that were coming from something that I had subconsciously internalized. Right. You know, we never, we never let go of the things that were one time affected us. Sure. We may be in different places with, you know, things we've struggled with things shift and change, but you know, the scar is still there. So seeing something like that is obviously going to trigger you back in it. And like, yeah, I was a dance major in college. I'm an actor in LA body issues are a huge trigger and something that are like very, highlighted via social media even when people are like this is my natural body and it's not edited I'm like this is not having the desired effect on me that you're thinking but thank you for trying um you know and and that is why I am so and this is talked about you know I am so ruthless with the unfollow and mute button I am ruthless like my TikTok I should probably honestly do another purging session but like you know, when I was in college, there were these girls that, you know, gorgeous girls got to do really cool stuff, you know, kind of like live in the LA high life. And it made me feel horrible about myself. And like, I was like, well, I'm not doing those things and, you know, whatnot. And, you know, I, sh- I should be because blah, blah, blah. And I just muted them. And then it took me a while to realize that like, it was like a year later that I was like, wait, I don't even think about them anymore and the experiences they're having and I'm not having because they're just, they're just muted. And I could have unfollowed them. I I don't really know them that well, but like that power of just eliminating it or like seeing it less, you know, if there's somebody you want to still see some of their content, you know, still mute them or mute only story or whatever. And you can still go see it, but like, you don't have to take it in every single time because yeah innately things will like you were saying affect you like it it can't it can't not it's also just why media is so important and we have to be so careful about what kind of stories we're telling and what kind of people we're showing you know and you know forever Hollywood was very whitewashed and you know we're working on it I still don't personally think we're there but we're working on it 
And that's why those things matter. Like it matters what you see because it will innately affect how you see the world. And that's not any different from social media. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I always relate this back to putting when people just put on the news in the background all the time and they don't realize how negative the news is. And it's so important to be well aware of what's happening in the world. There, I'm not saying that it's good to be ignorant and to not pay attention and pretend like the problems that are happening don't exist. But there's a difference between mindfully watching the news and taking in a reasonable amount and having it in the background and all these stories of all these people being hurt or murdered, just all these bad things that are happening constantly filtered through your head over and over again without you even paying attention to it and realizing it, right? We don't realize how all this background noise, how everything we're watching and we're seeing is impacting us. I mean, put on the news for uh, 10 minutes and pay attention to how you feel after. I guarantee you don't feel as good as you did when you started. It's just not possible because you're hearing all these bad stories. And It's the same with everything. You're taking it in whether or not you realize it. So that might not be what you're seeing when you open up Instagram or TikTok, but you're seeing things that you are subconsciously internalizing. And that's normal. We all do it. But we have to be mindful of how it's impacting us because your mental health is way more important than someone else's likes and follow amount. It really genuinely is. And we need to get to a place where people believe that. It's so interesting. Like we wouldn't, I mean, not always, because I actually probably struggled with this at one point, but like, you know, you shouldn't pick up other people's baggage, you know, like, oh, this person's scared to commit to love and they're my really good friend. So now I'm scared to commit to love and I'm a really good friend. We try not to do that. But then with social media, you'll see somebody or media in general, and you'll see the same thing and you do pick it up. You are like on some level a sponge and what's in your sphere will affect you and that's also back to what I said about like the five people you're closest to you know it's the same with your surroundings and your things you know if you're constantly around nagging news media that's scary and you know traumatic you're gonna start to throw yourself in that that space in your heart and like then that could be even how you start to see social media how you see tv it goes on and on and on it just affects you And so you have to just be aware of your boundaries of what you're willing to let it take in. Yes, it impacts the way you see the world, the way you see yourself, the way you view, the the way you build a relationship with yourself and the boundaries you've created for yourself or lack of boundaries, the way that you view your phone and connectivity to other people, connection, it impacts every single piece of us. How, as we're wrapping up, how can people be more mindful of what they're taking in? What's your advice? I think the biggest way to be more mindful about what you're taking in is being honest with what you are struggling or insecure with. Because maybe there's something that I am, you know, not currently struggling with and I can see it online and be like, eh, I don't really care. But the thing that like, you know, maybe I'm, concerned about my income and you know I see a girl wearing everything designer looking very luxury and you know here I am feeling like I live off my family supporting me and I'm, I'm never gonna get there and blah 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 that will make me feel something you know about being affected externally in because 
inward, outward, I feel something insecure. So knowing what you're going through and just kind of checking your pulse and temperature will, I think, help you to understand what you can take in about social media and what you should just maybe, you know, scroll right past in that moment. Yes. Checking in with yourself. Marley, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been amazing talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. You're such a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to Normalize the Conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast is an initiative of inspiring my generation. Focusing on normalizing the conversation, bringing education and awareness to the forefront, and amplifying global voices to spark change and hope. Inspiring My Generation is a 501c3 nonprofit organization on a mission towards suicide prevention through awareness, conversation, education, and support. Connect with us on Instagram at inspiringmygeneration and visit our website inspiringmygeneration.org to learn more about our work and how you can make a difference.